Yep, Cardinals Jaguars Sunday morning, ten o'clock local time kickoff here in Arizona. Cardinals looking to go three and zero. Jaguars still looking for their first win under Urban Meyer. Here to give us the Jacksonville perspective, he covers the Jags for ESPN.com. Michael Duraco, our guest here on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line. Michael, thanks so much for the time. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Uh, a little excitement here in Arizona for the Cardinals and their start. And I know there's still a buzz about this new era of Jaguars football. But through two weeks, has, has it, from your perspective, Michael, has that been tempered a little bit among Jaguars fans, the way they've started? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was full-blown panic after how badly they looked in week one, which seemed a little bit extreme to me. But, you know, that's kind of what fans do. Uh, but, you know, there is not uh, – as I don't want to say there's not as much enthusiasm because people are really excited about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they, I guess, fans here were expecting 17 and 0, despite the fact that this, this this team won one game last year and, and ended the season with 15 straight losses. I, I don't know why people here all of a sudden expected these Jaguars to be in the Super Bowl or whatever. But that's kind of the feeling you got was like, oh, we got Urban, we got Trevor, well, we're we, we're we're going to be fine. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's still some excitement here, but it has been tempered a bit for sure. Is there are there legitimate concerns in Jacksonville? Uh, put it this way: Do you and do Jacksonville fans believe that Urban Meyer is there for the long haul, given everything and all the rumors we've heard so far? We have to define long haul. Do I think Urban will leave at some point this season for a college job? No. Do I think he'll leave after this season for a college job? No. Um, you know, can I see him being here between, you know, two and five years? That's probably where I would place it, uh, you know, if I were okay. laying odds or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's been a rough start for Urban, and he said some things that maybe got blown out of – not maybe, definitely got blown out of proportion. Um, but he's also, you know, trying to navigate his way through learning what it's like to be an NFL coach uh, with a team that is – sorely lacking in playmakers and you know you can't win in the nfl if you can't make some plays on offense and that's where they're at and it's going to take more than just an off season to kind of get that fixed no matter how good trevor is michael DeRocco, espn jags reporter our guest here on the Coulter automotive group sports line i agree with you michael i think most people would agree it has been a rough start with some of the things that urban meyer has done and said since he got that job in jacksonville what in your estimation, what is the biggest misstep that, that he's made to this point? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll say this. I think the biggest misstep he and GM Trent Balky made was over-evaluating, or, uh, yeah, over-evaluating the talent that they had on this roster. Mm-hmm. This, is not a, this is not a good roster. And Urban has said several times before, you know, before the season even started, even back when he was hired, talking about the process of, you know, look, I talked to all these guys that have, of my former players that played in the league, and, I, you know, there's no such thing as bad players in the NFL. It's the bad coaching, and, you know, you got to reach those guys. And No, there are bad players in the NFL, and you've got a lot of them. Uh, so they over-evaluated that roster. That's probably the biggest mistake, um, you know, that they've made collectively. You know, Urban's, you know, hiring Chris Doyle or trying to hire Chris Doyle, sure. the, the former Iowa strength coach, was – uh, a really stupid thing to do. Uh, so that was like his, to me, that was his biggest individual mistake. But, you know, collectively they just thought they had more talent here and, and they, or, or that they could reach these guys with a better coaching staff. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, 
obviously agree with that because this team is not very good and they don't have a lot of playmakers. And they're still trying to figure out who they are on offense. So I don't think he and offense coordinator Daryl Bevel are really on the same page, which is a big problem because we're in September heading into October and they're not really sure what this offense is going to look like. Now, all of that being said, is there enough internal belief and or talent to make them dangerous against a Cardinals team that hasn't always been on point um, when facing lesser competition? Uh, for a little bit, maybe. Um, you know, look, this team has, hasn't forced a turnover yet. They've had some guys uh, in the secondary, Rayshon Jenkins and Shaq uh, Griffin, that have been in place to make some plays and create some turnovers, and they haven't done it. Um, you know, they, they abandon the run too quickly uh, for whatever reason. Um, you know, but if they're able to, to make a couple of plays in the secondary and, and they're able to get to Kyler Murray and keep him from running around, uh, which nobody's been able to do, but if they can keep him in the pocket and put some pressure on him, get a couple of turnovers, and if they actually don't abandon the run uh, and actually stick with it and get James Robinson, you know, he has 16 carries in the first two games. He should have at least that on Sunday. Uh, and if they can do those kind of things, then I think this can be a close game for a while. But, I, you know, they just don't have a ton of playmakers to, to compete with an explosive offense, and that's what the Cardinals are. So eventually the game will get out of reach, you know, late third quarter, early fourth. Michael DiRocco, our guest, he covers the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars for ESPN here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, we've seen two versions of the Cardinals' defense through two weeks. We saw a, a pass rush that absolutely terrorized Ryan Tannehill on the Titans in week one. I thought the Vikings did a really good job of slowing down that pass rush. Going into week three, Michael, how equipped do you think the, the Jags' offensive line is to stop the likes of a J.J. Watt and a Chandler Jones and company? I'll say this. That offensive line has played better than I expected them to because uh, I don't think they're very good uh, and didn't think they were very good. The, the tackles, Jawan Taylor and, and Cam Robinson last year gave up 18 sacks combined, so that's not good. Uh, but they've been pretty solid. He's, Lawrence has only been sacked twice. Uh, they did a good job for the most part against Vaughn Miller last week. But, uh, you know, Bradley Chubb was, was limited and then ended up leaving the game, so they weren't having to deal with two guys. Yeah that are full strength, and, and you know, this, this could be one of those weeks where uh, Trevor is going to be banged up pretty good because I'm not sure that they're going to be able to, to really keep him from getting hit a ton. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chandler Jones should have two or three sacks, I would expect, and J.J. Watt is, has made a, a living uh, against this franchise in his career, so I see no reason to think that that's going to not continue. So. Um, I think it's going to be a long day for the Jags offense. Yeah, um, let me ask you this, because when it when it comes to Trevor Lawrence, that doesn't seem like a smart game plan to indoctrinate a young rookie quarterback who's going to be your franchise by abandoning the run game and, and not protecting all that kind of stuff. What are your early impressions of Trevor Lawrence? Because uh, out of this quarterback class, there was a time when he was the unanimous number one pick out of all those guys, and I'm not sure he's popped like that yet, but I'm not sure if he's got this system around him that would allow him to do that. Yeah, there, a lot of it is the latter part, um, but a lot of it, too, is he's a very aggressive passer and he's going to try and go down the field as much as possible and that's where the bulk of his interceptions have come from because he's very aggressive and he's trying to get balls in some tighter windows and he's making some throws that he firmly believes he's got the arm strength to make which he does but man you guys know the windows are tighter here at the NFL and that's just something he's got to learn to adjust to um but you know the run game to me is the biggest issue them not 
sticking with the run. In the first week, they ended up calling 12 passes to start the game. And it's like, what are you guys doing? You just told us all offseason how good James Robinson was and, and, and how you really want to establish the run and be one of the, the top you know, six or seven teams in the league in rushing. And, and James Robinson like, gets five carries in the first week. What are you guys doing? I think that's the biggest issue. Uh, but, yeah, you know, you look. Marvin Jones Jr. is is off to the second fastest start in his career, but he's 31 years old, and he's not a number one wide receiver. And they don't have anybody at tight end. LaVisca Chenault's hurt and really hasn't done much. And DJ Chark has been a huge disappointment since his Pro Bowl year two years ago. So they don't really have a lot of ammunition here. And and I think that along with the run game, abandoning the run has been the biggest reason for Trevor Lawrence's struggles. But, man, you can see on some of the throws that he makes – He's just got an absolute cannon, and those are big-time NFL throws. So you know it's there. You just want to get it consistently. Michael, thanks so much for the time and the insight. Yeah, thanks, really appreciate man. it. No problem. Thanks, guys. Thank See you this you. weekend.